Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World Podcast. The topic of this episode is, are we in a real estate bubble? Well, in the United States and Canada, the real estate market has rebounded dramatically since the bubble a decade ago. And in some markets, they're at all-time highs. I know I just put a property on the market, and I thought I was going to make around 8000 And I ended up making double that, over 17000 because there is a huge multiple offer situation. Here's the check right here. So things are booming right now in the real estate business. And there's other little things that you can look at. For example, reality television abounds with house flipping shows. And there's certainly one of those get-rich-quick real estate seminars coming to a hotel near you. So there's a lot going on. Should real estate investors be worried? And then for the larger global markets, they're seeing where the stock market is not done as well in 2015 or here at the beginning of 2016. And if you saw the new movie, The Big Short, it talks about the credit default swaps, that market to, uh, to bet against CDOs, and, uh, and that's starting to activate again. So there's certainly many people out there that are concerned right now. Should you be? All right, well, that's what we're going to talk about in this video. But not only that, we're going to talk about how to evaluate markets. We're going to talk also about how to be a real estate investor in any market and how to be able to manage your decisions based on what the market's doing. Hi, I'm Phil Pustiowski with FreedomMentor.com. I'm a full-time real estate investor, real estate mentor and coach to many of the most successful real estate investors all across North America. I'm a best-selling author of now two books. The first one, How to Be a Real Estate Investor. This one's absolutely fantastic. This is my first one. And then this is my brand new one, Real Estate Investing Gone Bad. This YouTube channel is number one for real estate investing. And like many other videos, you're going to see it here in this one. And that is you're going to be blown away with what I share because I teach you things that you won't hear anywhere else because my wisdom comes from the real world, the school of hard knocks, being in this business every single day, looking at thousands and thousands of deals. In fact, my uh, software system, I keep track of all the deals for my apprentices. We're now breaking 65,000. That's how many deals I've looked at. So look, I am in the game all the time and that allows me to give you a unique perspective. So let's dive in. We're gonna start with certainties. Those things that we can bank on that are gonna happen today, tomorrow, and the next day. Certainty number one is this. Forecasting. This is this ability to tell the future, especially with financial markets. Forecasting is very, very, very difficult. In fact, I think it's been proven that humans suck at forecasting. We're terrible at it. Let me give you a perfect example. 2011. 2011, just to put you back into that realm, real estate was in the dumps. Now, being in real estate every day, and I had apprentices all across North America, and I'm working with them, there's this fear of, and this is what the headline said, double dip recession. Dun, dun, dun. Here's, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a double dip in the drop in the market. And here's why. And it was a very logical argument, by the way. There was a ton of foreclosures that the banks now owned, and they had to do something with them because the more they piled up, the more the banks had to remove them in order to relend. Well, the concern was if all of those foreclosures go on the market at the exact same time, we have this issue of supply and demand. We'd have a lot more supply, a lot less demand, and it would bring down the values of real estate that much more. Look, this is what was argued clearly 
everywhere in 2011. Well, guess what happened? What nobody predicted. A bunch of hedge funds bought thousands and thousands of single-family homes for the first time in history. I mean, people don't even know how they were going to manage them, how they're going to organize them. I mean, what do you do with all those utility bills? Think about that. you got thousands and thousands of properties. Well, they obviously figured it out. So they bought up a ton of shadow inventory. And rather than 2011 being a double dip, what it ended up being was it ended up being the bottom. And so I want you to put yourself in, in the shoes of somebody in 2011. In 2011, there was so much fear that real estate was going to continue to go down, our economy was going to go into deep depression, and the whole world was going to fall apart. But it didn't. It's because we're lousy at forecasting. Okay, so that is certainty number one. And if you don't agree with me, then my question to you with all earnestness is, are you a billionaire? Because if you can forecast, you should be. Because you can bet on the future. And you would win every time because you're a great forecaster. And if you feel like there's this huge conspiracy and there's this international banking cartel controls the economy and we're all just pawns in their little scheme, even if that's true, you still don't know what they're going to decide to do tomorrow. Either way, you can't win the forecasting game. All right, certainty number one. I'm off my soapbox. Certainty number two is this, that the market behaves in what we call cycles. Although I don't necessarily like the word cycles because this is what it really looks like from a value standpoint. It usually climbs from its bottom point. It's going to climb slowly. It gets to a high point and then it drops quickly. But then it's going to go back up at some point. At least it has for the majority of our uh, uh, financial history. So, you might be thinking, but wait a minute, Phil, this is contradictory. How can we be terrible at forecasting, but then we all of a sudden can forecast a market cycle. Well, what I mean specifically is this. The forecasting, we are fairly certain that there's going to be market cycles. There's going to be a climb, and then there's going to be a drop. Now, what you notice is there's two parts to this, okay? The first part is the length of time it takes to go from low to high. And we don't know how long that's going to be. And then number two, we don't know how high the high is and how low the low is. So these are the two issues that we are unable to forecast. How high is it going to go and how long is it going to go and, and vice versa, how far is it going to drop. Make sense? Okay, but there's one more layer to all this. And the other layer is real estate's local. So at the same time that the national, or we could extend this, United States and Canada, international markets might be changing, locally, your area might be booming. You may have had have a whole lot of new industry moved in, and real estate might be doing very, very well. Where I used to live in Nashville, Tennessee, did not see a big drop when the real estate collapse occurred in the late 2000s. So what was the difference is Nashville was such a booming economy that it was able to keep the real estate prices strong, and now it's doing even better. So locally, that can have a huge impact. And even if the market's booming in certain neighborhoods that are in really high crime and just uh, completely going downhill, those can go down in value even in a booming market. So we've got forecasting that we're unable to do, we know we have market cycles, and we know that real estate is local. Now, if you want to learn a little bit more about market cycles, uh, check out a video called 
How the Economy Works by Ray Dalio. And I'll put it right here and right up here. Take a look at that video. It's like 20 minutes long. It gives you a great understanding of how the overall economy works because we have another certainty, and it's this. There are different markets. So we don't just have one market. We got real estate, we got stock, we got bonds, we have all these, and they don't necessarily match up perfectly. All right, so that's where we stand on certainties. And that brings us back to this question, where are we right now? This graph shows you what the real estate market in the United States, this is single family homes, has done over the past, I don't know, 30 years. You see this is 1989, we had a drop into 1995. And then we have this long run from 1995 all the way to 2007. So that was a distance of 12 years. And then we, of course, had that big collapse to 2011, as we talked about. And so that was a distance of what? About, um, about four years. And then we go back to here where we are today, and we're 2016. So about five more years into this um, improvement in the market. So... The question becomes, where are we today? Well, that's where we are. And then the question is, well, what happens past this line? What happens in the future? Does it continue going up, way up this way? Like I already said, I know this shows right here, there are certain parts of the United States where they've already reached above here. They're already up this way. Um, so what happens? Or are we in a bubble and things are about to just tank? As you know, I don't know. Now, the individual who put that video together, How the Economy Works, Ray Dalio, he says that we're in kind of this zone right here, where we're going up, but we're not in a bubble yet. And I think some others believe that to be true, while others are freaking out that 2016 is about to be the end of the world. How do you invest when we don't know what's going to happen here? How do you make decisions? And furthermore, even if you were in 2011, and that's where we were today, we wouldn't have known we were at the bottom. Does that make sense? So we don't know we're at the bottom when we're here, but we can look back and see that that was the bottom, right? We can look back and say that, that was the top, but we didn't know that was the top before. At least a lot of people didn't. A few did bet on that and did do pretty well. So how do you invest when you don't know the future? We start by focusing on time frames, investing horizons. And we have two in real estate that work. Short-term and long-term. Short-term is going to be six months or less. That's our flipping. That's where we buy a house, fix it up, and sell it. That's where we wholesale. We get in, we get out. The second thing is long-term. That is for long-term appreciation, cash flow, depreciation, and all those wonderful things. But wait a minute. We don't know necessarily where we are on the curve. Now, I think for all of us watching this video, we probably aren't at the rock bottom right now, but we don't know where on this line we're at. We don't know how long that's going to go for. So how do we make decisions when we don't know where we are on this curve? Watch this. First, let's talk about short term. What if you buy a property at the perfect time, kind of at the bottom of the market? Well, what a lot of people do is they pay market value. And that's what this line represents, market value. And so what they're hoping for is they buy it for this, they hold on to it for a little bit, and then they sell it here. Well, that's perfect. That's, that's a perfect world. It's wonderful. Well, that is very unsustainable. Because what if you buy it here? You lose. And that's what a lot of people do. Here's how you avoid that problem. Always, always, always buy your short-term deals way below market. Way below market.
When you do that, watch what happens in this graph. So you buy it below market. Now remember, you've got a little bit of time. You've got to fix it up. You've got to sell it. You get the buyer. Boom. Well, actually, you made a little bit of extra money, didn't you? Because the market went up. So you, you got a little bonus. What happens when you buy here, though? You're in the midst of a real estate bubble that's bursting. Things are, are exploding and going down. Well, you bought it at the you bought it way below market, remember? So when you sell, yes, you still you didn't make as much money as you wanted, but you're still making good money. Does that make sense? Do you see how that works? Because that is huge. You get in, you get out. Boom, boom. You get in, get out. Boom, boom, boom. That's how you do it. And that way you don't have to worry about what the market's doing. That's why we've been making money for 15 years. We're making money at the bottom, at the top, in the middle. It doesn't matter. We're always making money. My apprentices and I are always killing it because we get to the deals. We get them really, really cheap, way below market, and we flip them fast. Now, you notice I don't even have a middle term. I don't think that's even a, a, something you should even remotely consider, buying and holding on to it for a year and selling unless you can predict the future. I think it's a whole lot better to get in and get out or own it long term. Now, you might sell a year after you own a long term, but the long term fundamentals have got to be there. Let's talk about those. So the, the short term fundamentals are simple. you got to steal the deal, get it way below market. You don't want to buy it at market and hope things go well. Now. On a long-term deal, what I like to do is, and this is a Charlie Munger style of investing, he's the partner of Warren Buffett, his goal is to buy good properties or good, real, um, good businesses at fair prices, and so as opposed to stealing it down here, what you end up doing is you might get it just a little bit below value. Oh, but here's the key. You need what we call cash flow. You need this thing to be throwing off a lot of monthly income from the tenants. And it needs to work real well because what if the market drops? What if you bought it here? What if the market continues to drop? I mean, you got a little bit of a deal on it, but right away, it doesn't take very long, and you already have a property you paid, quote, too much for. But that's not the problem here because our, our horizon is long-term. So if it's cash flowing here, it's going to be cash flowing here as well. One of the great things about real estate is the rental rates don't fluctuate like this. Rental rates uh, remain pretty steady. In fact, when the real estate bubble burst and we got into about 2011, what ended up happening was the rental rates went up because there were so many foreclosures, people needed more places to rent. So rental rates are going to stay a lot more steady, which is going to help here when you own properties long term. All right, so. If these are the two time horizons, and these are the fundamentals, I want to introduce you to something that makes this whole thing work so well. Watch this. Have you ever heard the phrase dollar cost averaging? This is a financial term to describe when people take, let's say, $100 out of their paycheck every single month, and they put it into some sort of stock. Here's what ends up happening. If it's $100 every month, they're buying stocks at different points of this, this market cycle. So when they're buying stocks at the top, they buy less of them because they only have 100 bucks. But when, when they buy them at the bottom of the market, they're buying more stock because it's the same $100. Does that make sense? That's important. So we're kind of doing the same thing as real estate investors. And that is this. We have our fundamentals on how much it needs to cash flow or how much we need to get it below market. We know what those fundamentals are, and we stick to those. And so when the market is getting to the point of euphoric, that's the phrase they use when people are just getting so excited and it's becoming a bubble, when they're up here, it's a lot harder to get a steal. 
So if you can only get your deals at about like that amount, then you may not take over any short-term deals because you just can't find any steals or you're just, it's very difficult. And by the same token, if you're way up here and this is as cheap as you can get it below market as far as long-term and it doesn't cash flow, you don't buy it. Makes sense? So it's kind of like dollar cost averaging. This prevents you from doing stupid things and not having to necessarily worry about what's happening with the market. Now, when the market starts tanking and people are freaking out, well, that's when it's easy to get a steal, right? Because people are freaking out. So now you get those steals. When you're at the bottom of the market, you can get these just massive bargains because people are just so scared and fearful. But remember, you're not buying the property relative to this number. When you buy it here, you're buying it relative to this value. It's always got to be below the market value at that moment in time for your short-term deals. And for your long-term, regardless of the value, it's got a cash flow at that point in time. And so in some cases, in some markets, you need to wait for the market to collapse a while before you can get back to cash flowing properties in those areas. Does that make sense? All right, well, I asked that phrase a couple of times because I wanted to keep you on, uh, on point with this. This is extremely valuable information. This can, uh, this can frame what you do moving forward. Because in the real world, here's what happens in the real world. When, when the market is, is high, that's when you have the most money in your bank account, almost always. And when the market's low, it's when you have the least amount. And it's also when you have the least amount of ability to get the credit, to get the loan, to buy the property. So what ends up happening is it's much easier to buy here than it is to buy here. And so if you stick to these fundamentals and you stick to this for the long term, you will have some extra money when it comes to down here because you would have saved it from here because you didn't meet your numbers when you were here. When the market was at its peak, you couldn't get the numbers to fit. Now, what's interesting about right now is, although we've had a nice run, we have very, very low interest rates. So that helps us with the cash flow. So even if you're concerned that you're buying at the top of the market, your interest rates are so low, you can cash flow so strong. And if you're not in Canada, if you're in the United States, we have 30-year fixed rate interest rate loans. It's amazing. You can just lock it in for 30 years. Hallelujah. Do you see the power of this methodology? It allows you to win both short-term and long-term at any point along the market cycle because we don't always know what's going to happen.